Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. And this week, we will be jumping into uh, episode 10 of season one, Nightmares. Jumping into like a chalk painting on the sidewalk. That's right, baby. And again, they're bearing the lead on these titles. I don't, it's Nightmare, I mean, it's got to be about werewolves, right? It's got to be. Werewolves, okay. finally. And finally, although, sheesh. Although our director this week did direct uh, a couple episodes of Knight Rider, so with any luck, maybe it's about a talking supercar. Oh, okay. And he's his name is Bruce Bruce Seth Green, correct? Bruce Seth Green. Yes. Right. So he's the, the other Seth Green's evil doppelganger from another universe. Right. The okay. Mirrorverse, okay. as discernible by his um, his goatee. All right. We'll have to keep an eye on him. I, I don't. I don't trust doppelgangers. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Uh, I just want to start this week. Um, I want to let everybody know um, I had a really stupid injury uh, about, oh, it's been about nine days ago now. Um, something as innocuous as trying to open the window in my room, and I apparently threw my back out, and so I am in a lot of pain. And now as I'm sitting here right now, it's okay. Um, if I If I move certain ways, it's basically if I move certain ways or when I'm actually sitting down into a chair or laying down on is that's when the that's when the horrific pain hits, but it can just hit randomly. <laughs> so if you hear any weird grunts, groans, uh, screams, uh, anything like that, I apologize. It's uh, out of nowhere. I'm going to the chiropractor in a couple of days. Hopefully he can, I don't know, remove my spine, fix it and put it back in. Whatever it is they do. I've never been to one. so. Yeah, just want to let everyone removal. know. Spine removal, standard yes. practice. Right, that's what I figured. Star Trek style. Pop it out, fix it, <laughs> pop it back in. Right, yep, 100%. So what's new with you this <laughs> week, James? Uh, nothing, not a damn thing. Not same damn old, same thing. old. Yeah, well, I wish I could say that, but yeah, the old uh, broken back syndrome. You know, it really sucks getting older. Yeah, I Although mean, I guess we're, in our, we're in our 40s now, so it doesn't take much. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's better than the alternative, but... You know, it's true. Getting older does true. get old. Yes. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing socials or email wise either. Silence on, on those ends. So, so we are still we are, just apparently podcasting to about, uh, 17, 18 people, 17, 18 people that don't want to talk to us. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we'll listen to your show, but I mean, come on, we're not talking to you freaks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's okay. One day they'll warm up to us. One day. Maybe by, I don't know, season five or six. Season, why, like, maybe season four when, like, pretty much every episode is just so awful. Yeah, and we have nothing much to talk about, and we're just like, right. yeah, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just skip this one. We'll see you next week, folks. Maybe we won't even, maybe we don't even do season four. Yeah, we'll Jeremy. just pretend maybe like we it, just we'll, we'll just retcon the whole season and pretend like right, it never we'll happened. Just, We'll go from season three right to season five. Never say a word. Never, never uh, acknowledge it. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I I wouldn't be against that to be honest, but we're completionists here. We're gonna have to do it. We're gonna have to suffer through. We will go through the dirty details with a fine tooth comb. Dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Riley, Riley Finn and all. Oh fuck, Riley. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so why don't we jump into some uh, uh, dates and deets? Unless we have let's any hit. news or, or corrections or anything from, from the prior nope. week. Nothing? Nope. Well, let's do nope. some dates and deets. 
Let's jump into these dates and deets. Once again, our episode this week is Nightmares. Original air date was May 12th, 1997 on the WB. Our director for this episode is returning director Bruce Seth Green, who directed a total of 11 episodes across the Buffyverse. Eight for Buffy and three for Angel. Uh, His Buffy episodes include Teacher's Pet, The Pack, This episode, Nightmares, Some Assembly Required, Halloween, The Dark Age, Ted, and Phases. His Angel episodes include In the Dark, The Prodigal, and The Trial. Uh, His non-Buffyverse credits include TV episodes of Magnum P.I., Knight Rider, V, MacGyver, and Diagnosis Murder. No movies under Mr. Bruce Seth Green's directorial belt. Hmm. Our credited writers for this episode are Joss Whedon and David Greenwald. Uh, Joss has a total of 40 credited episodes across the Buffyverse, 29 for Buffy and 11 for Angel. His Buffy episodes include Welcome to the Hellmouth, The Harvest, this episode, Nightmares, Out of Mind, Out of Sight, Prophecy Girl, When She Was Bad, School Hard, Lie to Me, Ted, Innocence, Becoming, Part 1 and 2, Anne, Amends, Doppelgangland, Graduation Day, Part 1 and and 2, The Freshman, Hush, Who Are You, Restless, Family, The Body, The Gift, Once More with Feelings, Lessons, and Chosen. His angel writing credits include City of, I Fall to Pieces, Sanctuary, Judgment, Happy Anniversary, Waiting in the Wings, Spin the Bottle, Conviction, Smile Time, A Hole in the World, and Not Fade Away. His non-Buffyverse credits include episodes of Dollhouse, Firefly, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and the original Roseanne. And his, uh, other, his, his other biggest non-Buffy um, credit would be uh, being a massive douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is uh, credited, he's credited writer for movies um, Avengers Age of Ultron, The Cabin in the Woods, uh, Alien Resurrection, a couple other. <clears throat> uh, David Greenwalt's credited or, or has 24 episodes uh, across the Buffy verse, eight for Buffy and 16 for Angel. His Buffy episodes include Teacher's Pet, Angel, this episode, Nightmares. School Hard, Reptile Boy, Ted, Faith, Hope, and Trick, and Homecoming. His Angel episodes include City of, I Fall to Pieces, Room with a View, I Will Remember You, She, to Shanshu in L.A., Judgment, Dear Boy, Happy Anniversary, Dead End, There's No Place Like Blitz Curb, Heartthrob, Offspring, Sleep Tight, and Tomorrow. His non-Buffyverse writing credits include episodes of The Wonder Years, The X-Files, Prophet, Moonlight, and Grimm. Uh, No movies under uh, Mr. Greenwald's writing belt. (sighs) Just another another epic failure. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, uh, As always, our regular cast this week includes Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy, Nicholas Brendan as Xander, Allison Hannigan as Willow, Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia, and Anthony Stewart head as Giles. Our guest cast this week includes the return of Mark Metcalf as the master, um, Andrew J. Furchland appearing once again as the anointed one slash Colin, uh, Christine Sutherland as Joyce, 
Uh, Dean Butler makes his first appearance as Buffy's dad, Hank Summers. Uh, he's probably best known for playing Almanzo Wilder in the later seasons of Little House on the Prairie, which he followed up uh, as Jeff Moondoggy Griffin on The New Gidget. Uh, but he's also made appearances on numerous other popular television shows through the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, Jeremy Foley as Billy. He's probably best known for playing Griffin Lowe on Caitlin's Way, uh, as well as voicing Casper in Casper, A Spirited Beginning, and Casper Meets Wendy. Uh, Justin, er- Justin, uh, I'm sorry, Justin Urich as Wendell uh, had... Uh, episodic runs as Romano on Third Rock from the Sun, Doc on Undressed, and Dan Mills on Opposite Sex. Uh, But he's also made appearances uh, on ER, Smart Guy, Arliss, Silk Stockings, The West Wing, Gilmore Girls, and several other popular television shows throughout the uh, 90s and 2000s. And, fun fact, he is the nephew of Spencer for hire, Robert Ulrich. Really? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Wendell. Robert Ulrich's nephew. Yep. I'll be Wendell. Damned. Yep. I'll be damned. Uh, J. Robin Miller as Laura. She's probably best known for her long running stint as Lydia Karenin on General Hospital, but she's made appearances on Roseanne, Unhappily Ever After, Diagnosis Murder, Just Shoot Me, Charmed, Beverly Hills 90210, That 70s Show, NCIS. CSI, JAG, and a ton of other popular network shows. Uh, Our supporting players this week include Terry Kane as Miss Tischler, Scott Harlan as Aldo, Brian Pietro as the coach, Dom Magwali as the doctor, and Sean Morin as the stage manager. Uh, Interestingly enough, three members of our cast this week had reoccurring roles on the Jonathan's Frakes hosted Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. Hmm. They probably share, if I had to guess, I'd say they probably share an agent, you know. Probably, probably. But I thought that was was interesting. For anyone unfamiliar, uh, Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction was a anthology show where over the course of an hour episode, um, four or five different stories are shown, um, None of the stories have any logical explanation, and some of them are actually true stories. And it's left up to the viewer to decide if it's fact or fiction. Yeah, it was a vehicle for Jonathan Frakes, better known as William T. Riker from Star Trek The Next Generation, and uh, I liked it. I always liked that show. I liked it, too. Uh, Yes, Jonathan Frakes, the king of the backward chair sit. That's right. And you know why that is? No idea. He has a very, very, very bad back. Really? Yes. I, I believe. So you and he have that in common. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I believe he had. I, I don't want to swear to this, but I believe he had one or two surgeries, even. And it just—it's when you have a back that that bad, even with sur- surgical intervention, a lot of times it's just never. This. That's why he's a. Very, if you look at him, he's a very. Uh, He's always got really good posture and, and very straight. You know, he's very, he's, it's a very stiff back is what it boils down to. Our episode synopsis this week reads, People in Sunnydale begin living out their worst fears, including Xander, 
who comes to school in his underwear, and Giles, who discovers he can't read. Wow, okay. Mine says, A series of strange occurrences lead Buffy and her friends to discover that their worst nightmares have literally become reality. That one's better. I think that one's a little better, yeah. Yeah. See, this one would have been fine if it had just stopped after the living out their worst fears. Right. They had to go in there and throw a couple of really specific things in there, you know, like... Right. (laughs) <laughs> why don't you why don't you take us through uh the the whole cold open? I sure will. Okay. So we open in the master's lair and we're panning through uh the chamber and over to the entrance where we see Buffy is uh sneaking her way in, stake at the ready. She stops and takes a look around and slowly continues her way into uh, and down to the floor below. Um and the camera pans behind a pillar where we see the master hiding. Um, Buffy continues further on into his lair and um, suddenly senses him behind her and spins around to face him. Um, He uh, lets out a loud vampire hiss and the slayer freezes and drops her stake. And she slowly starts to retreat back away as the master advances on her and she hits the wall and uh, she can't get away from him any further and watches in horror as he reaches out and wraps his hand around her neck and she looks up at him as he goes in for the bite and she starts screaming no no and we cut to Buffy's room where Joyce is on the edge of her bed shaking her awake uh, it was all just a nightmare. Yeah, so am I to take that her worst nightmare is is that she's totally useless and stupid? <laughs> I mean, she's walking around with the stake, she's all Slayer, and she sees him, and she's just like, oh, let me throw down the only weapon I, for no, literally no reason. I think, I think more realistically what our takeaway is supposed to be is that she's, if she's very frightened of encountering the master yeah, okay not, I, I not can that buy that afraid of being useless but no i can buy a- that but it's like okay let's say i was encountering like this thing the thing that i feared above all other things and i had a weapon yeah the last fucking thing i'm gonna do is be like oh for no reason just uh just drop my weapon uh. i don't know it just seemed dumb she's the slayer you know i don't know you know Jeremy, there's budgetary constraints. We can't have a big fight right in the cold open. I know, but then don't give her the don't give her the stake. You know, just have her walking around unarmed because that could be part I, of the nightmare. You know, instead, I, of, instead I, of just. I do agree to the extent that it would have been it would have been better had she fought and lost. Like that that would be. Or part of her I, nightmare is just simply that she just, she she comes face to face with him and she's unarmed, right? You know, and she's like, "Oh shit, I'm, I'm now I'm really screwed," you know. But instead I of "Oh, even, I have a stake," but "Oh my god, I saw you," and now I'm so scared that I just dropped my weapon. Right. I think even if she was unarmed, it still you know, a better approach would have been to have her at least put up some sort of fight. Yeah, a little quick fist of cuffs, and he's just way right. over you know over matches her, and and it's just right. over just lickety right, split. Just a, just a quick little ninja fight. Yeah, quick little karate fight, and bam, <laughs> you know. So so Buffy wakes up, and like I said, Joyce is at the edge of her bed, shaking her awake, and 
she's all, you know, it's time for school and Buffy jumps up and excited for school. And um, that segues into uh, Joyce telling Buffy that she talked to her dad and um, uh, he's coming to see her for the weekend. And Buffy's Buffy seems pretty stoked about it. Uh, that'll take us to Sunnydale High and into the halls of Sunnydale High where we see Willow and Buffy walking down the halls to uh, Willow's locker or Buffy's locker. I think it was Willow's locker or maybe it was Buffy's. Anyway. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch. I would love to tell you. They're walking down the hall and they're talking and Willow's, Willow's, uh, and grilling Buffy about her dad a little bit. You know, does, do you see him a lot? Not a whole lot. Uh, Buffy says, tells her that, you know, he still lives in LA, but comes down for the weekend sometimes. And um, Willow asks when they got divorced. And Buffy says it was finalized last year, but they were separated for a while before that. And um, uh, Willow says her parents don't, don't even bicker. And she asks if Buffy knows why they split up. And Buffy says she didn't ask, but she, uh, she heavily intimates that she believes it's her fault because of, all the trouble she got into uh, as the Slayer back in L.A., you know, burning down the high school gymnasium and all that. Burning down the house. Palling around with Pike. Yeah. Oh, God, no, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> um, so uh, we cut to a classroom, and Cordelia's checking her makeup in her little compact. And a young that's man. That's what comes that's over. called. I couldn't. I, in my notes, I was trying to. I, I go. I put purse mirror. <laughs> I couldn't called think of what it was called. <laughs> um. So Cordelia's checking her makeup in her in her compact mirror, and she's using the light that's coming in from the window. And a young man comes over and and by the window, and he's using the light to look at his paper which made absolutely no fucking sense to me. Like, is, are the... I can't the see fl- in all of this artificial light. Let me get over right, here by the, the window. Are the fluorescent <laughs> school lights not bright enough for you to read your fucking paper? <sighs> like, I, I kind of understand Cordelia using the natural sunlight to check her makeup. Right, But right. And she's like, anyway. fucking do you mind? Right, exactly. She's like, hello, doofus, and... This guy looks at her and she's like, you're in my light. And Xander pops up. He was obviously already in class. And he's like, that's when we find out that this young man's name is Wendell. And uh, speaking of Wendell, he's sporting a beautiful late 90s, early 2000s ponytail. Yes, he is. Very McLeodish. Very, very, very McLeodish. Yes. Made me made me envious. Uh, made me briefly consider growing it out again. Yeah. been getting kind of long i've been anyway. i've been there done that many times and it's th- that <laughs> ship has sailed um for me so uh xander's like wendell what's wrong with you don't you know that uh cordy's the center of the universe and the rest of us revolve around her and <laughs> cordelia says why don't you revolve yourselves out yeah. of my life <laughs> yeah yeah as I I know I got a little detailed with the dialogue there, but that whole exchange was pretty funny. Yeah, well, there's a lot of good dialogue in this episode. I, I got kind of dialogue is. heavy in my notes because it was it was pretty good stuff. And I did make yeah. note that I, I I believe that's the to me at least that's the first 
really funny line Cordelia's gotten. Yeah. Um, so then the bell rings and uh, Wendell and Xander go to their seats as Willow and Buffy are coming into the classroom. And um, uh, Xander, for whatever reason, tells them that Wendell was in Cordelia's light. and Wendell says he's so ashamed. And Yeah, I'm like, that's really something worth... Like, listen, right. guys, you'll never believe that's, this. Right, that's why I mentioned it because it was Cordelia's so a bitch. Can you believe it? Right, <gasps> it's not like it's not like Buffy and Willow were even like, "Hey, what's going on?" Or anything. Yeah, not like at all. That. He so just like, listen, guys. Okay, you ready? Blue. Follow me here. Right, Cordelia's a bitch. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> you know. Uh, so uh, they talk about if there is any homework, and um, Willow and Buffy tell Xander that the homework was. Uh, active listening and Xander's like I don't what are you talking about and they're like <laughs> they're like um Miss Tischler demonstrated it yesterday with you <laughs> but she was and Buffy Buffy says she was wearing a tight blue blouse I think she said yeah Buffy Buffy says she was because Xander's like still like yeah not, he's still not getting remembering comprehending and uh Buffy's like, she was wearing that tight sweater. And right away, Xander says, oh, the Midnight Blue Angora. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. see, I was listening. Mm -hmm. Just further cementing Xander's level of uh, creep. I'm, I think from here on out, I'm going to call him Xander Weinstein. Xander. <laughs> I mean, it's Xander. you know that's pretty much the character that they built back then. For these yeah. first, at least these first couple of seasons. Yeah, he uh, he really. Maybe we just maybe we just start calling him Joss. <laughs> what is calling or calling Xander Whedon? Xander Whedon. Yeah. Um. So, uh, uh, Miss Tischler comes in, and tells everyone to take their seats, and uh, she starts going over the lesson, and and uh, eventually she asks Wendell if he could uh, um, uh, read um, a couple of paragraphs on a couple of the pages. And uh, as she's asking that, um, Buffy accidentally drops her pencil and she bends down to pick it up. And as she's going, and to that was not a up, flattering camera shot, by the way, like uh, it was right directly at her cleavage as she was bending down to pick uh, that. I was like, yikes, Joss. <laughs> um, uh, as she's sitting back up with her pencil, she happens to glance at the door and she sees uh, a little boy standing there just looking at her and i just want to say as soon as i saw because you know there's a lot of things about these epi older episodes well all of them really that that that, that i have forgotten and mm. as soon as i saw that little boy i was like is that joseph gordon levitt mm. i mean he has he does look, he, he a does striking a, resemblance you know he does you're right he does um, yeah and then I, and, and I was so unsure. Yeah, it's, it, it, spoiler alert, it's not. But uh, I, I was so unsure that I actually paused it and wikipedia it real quick, and that's when I discovered, no, it's not him. But Or, no, I went to IMDb, and I was like, no, it's not him. But I was like, wow, that – there for just a, a few um, camera shots, yeah. it, he looked a lot like him at that age. Yeah, he, he, definitely, he definitely does have – have a resemblance to him yeah. at, at that age. Uh, something else. Did you happen to notice it? It, it struck me the, the, the two note um, music key that plays when she sees Billy 
was very, very reminiscent to me of the the notes that played during the dream sequences in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Really? Yeah. I did not. Yeah. Dang it. I always miss those yeah. cool little nuances. What the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't catch. So it was like, do, 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 do. Yeah. That, that, that really creepy. Okay. Yeah. I need to check yeah, that out. It, it was very, as soon as I heard them, I was like, that's very A Nightmare on Elm Street. Huh. Oh, I'm sure they did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. Because you can I'll, you I'll, can play, you know, X amount of notes from anything without it being, you know, a copyright right. infringement. So. Right. And I, I didn't I didn't go back to listen to, uh, like, I didn't go back and listen to, to it side by side or one right after the other to see how close they were. Mm-hmm. But but just the fact that immediately I was <clears> like, that's. That's Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, then they they pulled then they pulled off exactly what they were going for. Right. Yeah. Um, and that happens a couple times in this episode uh, during the dream sequences, especially when Billy's around. I never. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know how I miss this all the time. <laughs> um. Well, that's why there's two of us, Jeremy. Because yes, yes, yes. A, a, other... a solo rewatching podcast for any show would would really suck right. with one person. Right, and also if we were both if we both paid attention to all the same things, it would still be boring. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> with two of yeah. us, I wonder what it'd be like if we had three or four people. I don't know. It would be a chaos. Know. It would. That's for sure. Maybe maybe that's something we can look into <laughs> for next season. Maybe. Maybe we can hire Joss Whedon to do. He's not going to get any work anytime oh, soon. Oh God, no! <laughs> I would rather have Nicholas Brendan on the screen in front of me. While never mind, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. Um, so she sees Billy, and uh, um, we cut back to Wendell, and he's opening his book to do the reading that Miss Tischler asked him to do, and he screams and drops the book on his desk, and suddenly there's just a shit ton of tarantulas and other spiders crawling out of the book and all over him. And Miss Tischler screams, the students around him start to scream and he's losing his out of shit. And I, yeah, he, I, I, I object. I do not believe there were any other spiders other than tarantulas because I looked very closely. Okay. And I okay. thought, and well, there's a reason. And I thought Everybody is losing their absolute shit over tarantulas, which are probably the most harmless creatures on the face of the earth. <laughs> and I am not a spider person, but I mean, tarantulas anyway. Um, but yeah, Wendell's losing his shit. He's, you know, screaming, help, get him off me, help, get him off me. And we cut back to the little boy in the door and he says, sorry about that. And the credits roll. That's Buffy our cold theme open. plays. That is our cold open. Joseph Gordon-Levitt says, "Sorry about that." <laughs> hey, maybe it's another. He actually, maybe it's another he actually doppelganger. Did a musical number, but could be another doppelganger. Could be. Could be. Could so. be. So let's 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 hum the entire uh, intro. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, so we come back from commercial and we're back in the old creep cave, the master's creep cave, and he's talking to Colin, uh, the anointed one with the creepy ADR voice. Oh my god! Yeah, it's so weird. I, I forgot. I forgot. I'd forgotten about it. Honestly, it's like when you were a little kid. It's like when you were a little kid and you would talk through like a box fan, but right. they, but you would also lower your voice 
It's right. kind of like that. It's so off-putting. Right. And you you thought you sounded like Darth Vader, but you sounded absolutely nothing like Darth Vader. Yeah, you sounded just creepy like this kid sounds. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, he's talking to the the little freak, the anointed one, and he's telling him fear is the most powerful force in the human world. It's not love. It's not hate. It's fear. And he he goes up. He the master walks up to this giant wooden cross, and he says, "For instance, this these two pieces of lumber, you know, bring me the greatest fear that I have." And then he reaches out and puts his hand on it and grips it, and of course his hand starts burning because you know vampire versus cross and he's like but like pain fear can be controlled and so he just keeps holding it and holding it because you know he's a badass and uh he says if i can face my fear it can't master me and um then he finally lets go and i think then he's like damn that hurt but uh he keeps that to himself off camera off camera he's like no (laughs) but uh then he then he says, something's happening above, uh, uh, a powerful psychic force. Do you feel it? And, you know, I guess and Colin's like, rah, 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 whatever the hell he says with that weird-ass voice that you can't tell half the time what's, what the words are. And <laughs> he, sa- he says, I feel change. Ah, uh, yes, because then the master says, change for the worse. <laughs> and it, you know, it, the camera pans up, and we're at school. And that's when the camera pans up. That's when the master's like, fuck, that hurt. Yeah, he's like, ice, ice. Why the fuck did I grab that cross? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we're at school, and uh, mom pulls up with Buffster. And I do believe it's a Jeep Grand Cherokee. I could be wrong, but totally 90s car. Uh, SUV, I should say. And um, she's asking, you know, Buffy, you know, how you feeling, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you were yelling in your sleep. And, and she's like, you know, do you remember what you were dreaming? And Buffy's like, no, which is not true. And then she realizes she forgot the bag she packed to go um, with her dad this weekend. And um, mom's like, well, it's cool. Don't freak out. You can just, he can pick you up here and then come to the house and get your bag. It's, you know, not the end of the world. And um, Buffy says, he's picking me up here, right? And mom's like, yeah. She's like, are you afraid he's not coming? And because he is, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Basically, basically, this is, I think, establishing that maybe she feels as though the her father's going to abandon her. Um, or maybe she's feeling um, abandonment issues, maybe real or, real or not. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, a, uh, it's definitely an extension of what, uh, what she was talking about with Willow in the hallway scene. Right, and it's, and it's, and it's, I guess, a lot of teenagers whose parents divorce go through these type of, of emotions and feelings that right. one of the, one or, one or other of the parent has might or is going to abandon them or what have you especially if they especially if they feel in any way that that the separation was was their fault their fault in which we which have Buffy clearly does yeah we we've, we've discovered that she obviously does feel that way so then we're uh, still in the school halls and Willow and Xander are walking, they catch up with Buffy, and um, they want to know if she's talked to G- if she's talked to Giles about that whole spider incident. And uh, Willow makes it clear that she's deathly afraid of spiders. Um, Willow or Xander, on the other hand, he's just not. Um, he's like, you know, spiders just don't bother me, but 
Now, if it was Nazis crawling all over my face, <laughs> and I was like, wait, you specifically fear Nazis crawling on your face. Okay, <laughs> buddy. And also, like, have have we established, like, why would Xander be, a, I, mean, I get it, Nazis are bad guys, but why would Xander be Why specifically of, Nazis, yeah. Right. Like, like wouldn't, wouldn't Willow, because she's right, a Jewish, Jewish character. Yeah, shouldn't, right. yeah. And I'm, I don't I'm, think Harris is a Jewish uh, Right, I'm surname. fairly certain that nine episodes in, we haven't gotten a, like, a, a religious, I, or any idea of what, you know, religion Xander is, or... Or Buffy, for that matter. Or Buffy, for that matter. Yeah. Or, wait, I or Willow. Or Willow. I, but Willow's just... just presuming since Willow's just obvious. Us, she's obviously... She might not be a practicing... She may not practice, practice Judaism, but she's obviously... Jewish by heritage, you know. Right. So right. anyway, it's just I found that strange. Um yeah. so they walk into the library and um um Giles is just <laughs> he comes running out of the book stacks, like looking really, really weird and just kind of disoriented and, and they're like, Hey, yeah, you know bewildered. Yeah, yeah, just bewildered, just even kind of surprised to even see them. And he's like, he was gonna look it up, but he got lost in the stacks, and they just let it go. And I'm like, guys, he said he got lost up. There's like five stacks, right? Like, you should have been like, are you feeling all right? You know what I mean? You got lost up there, right? Um, there but, also appeared, although when he, where he came out of, mm-hmm. there appeared to be a doorway to a room beyond that. Yeah. So there you. I mean, just did you the, catch that though? No, I didn't. I didn't. No. But just the notion that he got lost in like a ten right. foot square space would bring me. I would have to question his his how he's feeling, you know. Right. right. So uh, anyway, he like I said, he just seems really out of sorts and everything, and it just says he couldn't find anything about the incident. And he he suggests they like actually go and talk to Wendell, and so they're like, okay, let's do that because Giles has clearly had a stroke. So. <laughs> Also, let's not neglect to mention the fact that for the second episode in a row, the second week in a row, mm-hmm. Xander has proceeded to be a complete douchebag. Second week in a tor- row? You mean 10th episode well, in a row? <laughs> well, and torment one of his best friends oh, yeah. regarding yeah. her fear. A fear, yes. The, her fear of spiders. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. What? Anyway, yeah, he's definitely a ball breaker, but he's also <laughs> he's also a little uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Rapey, right? You and know? there's a difference between being a ball breaker and like I I I bust my friend's balls all the time, but I wouldn't I wouldn't sit there and like knowingly like uh, harp on a phobia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a little. Like it's a little extreme. I've, I have a friend of mine who's afraid of needles. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit there when I was with him and like, you know, talk about needles or pretend to be getting injected or, or have him come with you to watch you get a tattoo. Right. Yeah. And like peel, hold his eyes open. Like, like (laughs) fucking, uh, the clockwork orange. orange. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you go ahead and take it from here, my friend. All right. So we cut outside, uh, to the, uh, outside of Sunnydale High. To this and, ridiculously uh, nice outdoor area that they get to eat lunch. And I'm like, fuck these kids and their nice-ass school. <laughs> Hellmouth or not, you know? 
uh, and we see Wendell out there sitting on a bench and the team approaches him and, you know, they're all like, Hey, what's up? You know, you okay. And, uh, Wendell's not really paying attention. And, you know, uh, Sanders like, it was good talking to you. And yeah. He's ready away. to just go. He's like, okay, fuck it. This dude's weird and fucked up. Uh, Buffy grabs Xander and pulls him back. And Wendell's all like, did you guys want something? And they they're thought, like just hair tips for that dope ass ponytail. Right. Right. Like, What's what's your shampoo and conditioning routine? Mane and tail, obviously. <laughs> um, and they're like, oh, well, you know, we just thought maybe you'd want to talk about what happened yesterday, you know, with the spider spiders. And he's, and he's like, like he's like, well, isn't it clear with me sitting out here by myself at a picnic table <laughs> that I don't want to fucking talk fine. about it? <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. But they press anyway. Right. And he he's like, I don't know what to say about it. And, um, uh Xander refers to them as insects and Wendell Wendell starts to lose his shit a little bit and he's like they're not insects they're arachnids. <laughs> oh yeah, and, the arachnid. <laughs> Why does everybody Xander, make that mistake? And they're like, "Whoa, wind." But when when Wendell's like they're arachnids, Xander says, "This is so awful." He says they're from the Middle East. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like what? this is definitely the 90s. What? Yeah. Uh, <sighs> so, um, yeah, when Wendell goes off, so I, why does everyone make that mistake? You know, arachnids have eight legs, insects have six. Because uh, everybody knows that, right? Right. And Buffy's like, again, kudos to Sarah Michelle Geller. Like, through the majority of this scene, she's got, like, a sucker. Yeah. That, that she's... she's nursing mm -hmm. and like when wendell when wendell flips his shit about people making that mistake like <laughs> the look on her face and the way she just slowly draws the sucker out of her mouth is, she's like damn this 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 day player is trying to steal the fucking show with this with this <laughs> performance because i mean he goes full on like like i don't know sins of our fathers and he's just like Bah! right you know like, right and they're all oh. like, whoa, bro, you're only going to get that same. Uh, you're only getting 500 bucks for the day. Let's bring it down a notch. So uh, uh, they're like, has, you know, has anything like this ever happened before? And and, and like says, expecting him to be like, well, <laughs> there was <laughs> like last week I was reading a dime novel and a bunch <laughs> of daddy long legs popped out and crawled in my mouth. I mean, what the <laughs> fuck? Does this, this ever happen before? Right. There was this one time in kindergarten. Yeah. I was reading Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, what the fuck? Um, but he says yes, and they're like, when? <laughs> and they're like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> Did you say yes? <laughs> this has happened before. <laughs> and uh, and they're all like, when? And he's like, lots of times. Like, <laughs> and they're still like, just like, right? Like they're. they're this is being really drawn out for no good yeah, reason. Yeah, there's no, yeah. Like, no, this is definitely 100% a, uh, I call these um, uh, time-filling scenes. Oh, oh yeah, this is this is a filler conversation. Oh, yeah, like, because they film a bunch of shit for all scenes, and then they trim everything down, they get to set, and then right. when they see what the final time is, they're like, go back to that one where that fucking day player was just droning on about shit, put it all in, That'll knock us up to the 43 and a half minutes we need for this episode, you know? Right. Because he's going and into some, some, he's going into some pros here, my friend. 
Like this right. is his well, to be or not to be right here. Right. And like, he's not, so like Buffy's like when, and he just says lots of times. Like yeah. that's not an answer to the fucking question, Wendell. Oh, but he's about to give us, he's about to give us a fucking story that is so, just, so this is his to Will, be or not to be. I'm telling you. So then Willow's like, oh, you must hate spiders more than I do. And Wendell like just smiles the creepy ass fucking smile. Yeah. Like if, if, if we had had, if our big bad in the cold open had been a giant spider, this would be the scene where I'm like, that dude is the fucking giant spider yep. or is controlling the giant spider. Yeah. Because he smiles like I'm going to eat you later. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He, he gives a creepy smile and a creepy little laugh. And he's like, I don't hate spiders. I love them. Yeah. They hate me. And literally like the rest of the group is like, what the fuck is happening right yeah, now? Yeah. They're like Xander's looking around like to see if he accidentally took any type of narcotic. Cause he's like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now? And Wendell is about to get just full blown wacko. And, but before that happens, Cordelia strolls by Yeah, and she looks at Buffy and she's like, I hope you studied for the history test. And Buffy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You bitch. No, <laughs> she's like, what history test? And Cordelia is like the one we're having in fourth period right now, which is a misnomer because obviously they're not having it in fourth period right now. Right now because Cordelia is not fucking there. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, Buffy's all like, there's a history test. Nobody told me there was a history test. I have, uh, and she runs off. Yeah, she's freaking. Because, you know, we've established in these first 10 episodes how much she really cares about her grades and her school. Right. Yeah. Um, or not. So, so Willow ends up taking a seat next to Wendell, and she's all like, what do you mean you love spy spiders? <laughs> and then it's like, it's platonic, right? Yeah, prepare for, here we go. Get, get Which, if you watched the episode, <laughs> that is a reasonable question. <laughs> it that is, is it is at this point, with this, with this Wendell character. Yes, it is. Right. He's like, it's platonic, and, right? <laughs> and then he's like, right. right? <laughs> and, and Wendell launches into, like, this is his, this is his Hamlet. His yes, yes. He's like, I'm going to quote it verbatim. <laughs> Please right now. do. Please do. He says, with all the passion of the, uh, uh, you know, of the Romeo and Juliet balcony scene. Yep. Or uh, fucking Hamlet talking to the Ham- goddamn skull. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. He says, I had the best collection in the Tri County area Browns and tarantulas and black widows. Then my folks shipped me off to wilderness camp. All my brother had to do was maintain their habitats. Instead, he left their heat lamp on for a week. When I came home, they were all dead. That's when the nightmares started. So let's dissect this if we shall. First of all, what the fuck is wilderness camp? And why the fuck did his parents just ship him off there? Like, there's something else going on. Like, they know that kid is fucked up, and they wanted him out of the house because he's like fucking the omen kid. So this this was a thing that... Uh, I've come to find out through looking into it was something that happened quite frequently in particularly in the nineties and they don't delve into it here, but what would happen a lot of times is uh, people would just show up at, at your house and whisk you away to these wilderness camps. Bullshit. And you would, and you would pretty much have no idea what's going on. And you would eventually come to find out that your parents 
basically shipped you away to a camp for troubled kids for a certain duration of time to like get your shit together bro and then they would let you come home when they felt like you know okay everything like you're fine or whatever like this actually happened i'm well i'm surprised i don't know what they are then surprised my parents (laughs) didn't shit my ass off you your parents either didn't know about it or you clearly weren't bad as as bad as you thought. Oh, you I would no, I was you know I was. I was. They must just not have known about it. Um Wilder, or so they may or they see, may have real This proves that or, Wendell is fucking nuts. Right. Or maybe your parents were just good enough parents and smart enough to realize that there's something shady as fuck about just letting people come to your house and take your kid. Yeah, or maybe or, they thought like, Maybe they thought outside the box, and they were like, I got it. We'll just parent him ourselves. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, so, but, yeah, this proves Wendell is fucked up because his parents had to call one of these shady wilderness camp organizations to come and whisk their child away. Of course, he did have the largest spider collection in the Tri-County area, so that was probably one one little uh, giveaway. Right, So, but we're not done yet. He says, yeah, and that's yeah. when the nightmares started. Uh-huh. And Willow says, the nightmares? And Wendell says, it's always the same. I'm sitting in the classroom. Teacher asks me to read something. I open up the book, and then there they are. They're coming after me. God, can you blame them after what I did? <laughs> can you blame the fuck them? What did you do, dude? Right? Like, what? Well, he, 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 you sh- had no <laughs> Wendell. Wendell, calm the fuck down. You had no control over it. Your parents sh- paid some sketchy-ass motherfuckers to take you away so to get your shit together for, for a few months, and your brother didn't bother to watch your spiders. It's not your fucking fault, dude. Let it go. Yeah, let it go. If they're going to come after anybody, it's probably your shitty little brother. Right. Holy fucking fuck. Madam Web isn't hunting you down, dude, because you fucked up the Spider-Verse, all right? Okay, yeah. Just get over it, man. No, he get can't. He can't get past it, bro. This, he took, the, I don't know, let's just say eight lines of dialogue. He took, he was in his fucking trailer on set, and he was like, I'm going to Hamlet this motherfucker. When I right. bust out I, this, when I bust out this scene, they are going to offer me a recur a, a recurring role in the credits. <laughs> right. They they're going to want some they, more of this sweet Wendell talk. Right. They. I'm going to take it one step further. He was like, he's he was like, they're going to offer me credit reoccurring, and then he was like, no, no, no. I'm going to Hamlet the shit out of this, and they're going to give me my own fucking Wendell spinoff. Wendell's fuck Angel. Fuck this is Angel. this is all about the Wendell show, bitches. Right. And this right. is all about me. Doing battle with the spiders who have come back for revenge. Right. Right. Yep. That's it. That's seven seasons in a movie. Because he man, he put he put he went balls to the wall on that scene. And I was like, this dude's either a really horrible actor or he's so good that he just makes me think he's a horrible actor. Right. You know? So then Xander's all like, and that's how it happens, like every time and Wendell's like, Yeah, you know, yesterday in class, I thought I just nodded off again, but then everyone else started screaming too. And then we cut to, you want me to keep going? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, 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 go. All right. And we cut to back inside Sunnydale High. We're in the uh, one of the hallways and Buffy's frantically looking around for her history class. And we see Cordelia 
is standing by a door holding it open. And Cordy's like, you don't know where class is, do you? And Buffy's all like, uh... And Cordelia's like, wow, big shock. You, ha- you, you know, haven't been there at all, you know. Which that's stupid because... Like that couldn't right. have happened when in my in lot at least not in my school. Like you you've you've never you've gone to this one class like once or twice, right? You know, like right, right. And Buffy's like, well, I was there the first day, I think. But yeah. you're right; it would never happen. Like, no, they would be like, they would call you down and be like, "What the fuck? You haven't been to this class in three days. Are you insane? You know, right? Like you're you in start, so much shit. <laughs> right. You start making a regular appearance in this class, or you will not be making any regular appearances at this school. Right, or we will just regularly kick your ass out the front fucking door. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Cordy's, Cordy's all like, oh, it's in here. And by the uh, way, this should have been Buffy's first um, clue that this was a fucking, some type of dream. Because, because Cordelia's is being, so being nice. nice and helpful. Yeah. And like, yeah. and concerned that she knows where she's going and shit. Yeah. I I love the fact that in Buffy's like, uh, I don't know about this test nightmare. Cordy is being a decent person. Yeah, Cordy's the one who's trying to help her out. Not one of her like <laughs> close friends, but Cordelia. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. You know, Buffy's all like, I haven't been to class. I haven't read any of the assignments. How am I going to pass this? And Cordelia's like blind luck. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we cut into the classroom. And- Buffy's sitting there looking around at the other students and the teacher walks by and uh, Buffy glances over at Cordelia, who's just fucking breezing through the test like it's nothing. Um, and Buffy goes back to taking her test and the teacher comes by again and looks at Buffy and uh, continues on. Um, Buffy flips through the test and all the pages are still blank. And she looks at the clock and it's 1120 she looks at the space for her name and she's like, well, at least I know my name. Uh, she starts to write her name and the pencil breaks. And she sighs. And she grabs her sharpener and starts sharpening her pencil and looks back at the clock and suddenly it's 1210. And she's just in disbelief. And She looks around at everyone. and The teacher's just eyeballing her. Giving her the stink the eye. Pencil. Yeah. I'm like, what's that all about? And, Trim up your mustache, she, bro. You look like a walrus. And uh, she looks back down at, at at her test, and then the bell rings. And all the students get up and turn in their tests and file out of the room. And all of a sudden, there's Billy in the door looking in. And Buffy sees him. He's got a sad look on his face, and he walks off down the hall. Um, now, we don't Buffy's, know his name is Billy at this point, do we? Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah. My bad. I just kept calling him, because I didn't even know it, so I just kept calling him Strange Little Boy um, until we do find out what his name is. So, so yeah, that the little boy walks off down the hall, and um, the classroom's empty, and Buffy's sitting there all alone at her desk. So the I'll take this next scene if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. Like, I really want to talk about this. Okay. So we cut to the hallway. Um, it's passing period. And there's these two girls we overhear talking, and one of them's telling um, telling the other one about how they uh, both got detention, but it's unfair since Sean started it, so apparently some type of scruff. And she's like, so now we can't do the movie. Um, so the other girl's like, meh. She doesn't say anything because she's an unpaid extra. And uh, she, she just shrugs. And uh, then the girl who's been talking says that she's going to go take a break and, you know, gives the cigarette symbol. 
And the girl's like, <laughs> she answers her without speaking because that would cost money. So she leaves, and that'd be that'd be two fifty two fifty a day two fifty instead of the hundred dollars a day two fifty and uh fucking catering access right. You get to you get to indulge in the buttery croissants and sun made raisins and from the don't forget the cornbread state. muffins <laughs> and the, <laughs> the dry as fuck cornbread muffins. <laughs> um. So she, the, the one girl leaves, and then, and then the one who's been talking turns to this door that says basement access. You know, it says basement access, maintenance um, only, authorized personnel only. So right. it's clearly on. And, it, and it's fucking unlocked. Yeah, it's unlocked. It's, it's clearly unlocked. So she just opens it, bops right down the steps, and it's like, Fuck. dude, that is so many hazards. That's so many fire codes, bro. That's just, dude, that's. Right. There's no way. There's, yeah, there's no, no fucking way. That, way. First of all, have it, you ever gone to a school that had a fucking basement? Uh, yes. Oh, you have. Okay. Well, I never yeah. have. But, but for one, basement access would be locked, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, and it would Ma- not be a the, the door to enter that said basement would not be in a hallway that students uh, oh, right. walk by. You know. Right. <coughs> but also, like to that point. Every school I went to, the regular maintenance janitorial closets were kept locked all the time. Yeah, with like with some serious doorknobs, like right, big, those big heavy steel doorknobs, you know. Right. Yeah. So there's there's no way that this basement access would just be a in a, in a random hall. Yeah, that students walk by unlocked. all day long every day. Right. Right. Yeah, but but this one is, and she just pops the door open and just uh, just uh, skips right down the steps into the basement, and, and it looks exactly like Freddy Krueger's fucking hangout. The you see a couple of boilers. It's all dark. There's bodies hanging from meat hook. No, that didn't happen. Um, but you know what I mean. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and one, two, Freddy's gonna have a smoke now. So she's uh. She's down there and she she uh, puts her purse up on this little this little table that happens to be there and gets herself out of smoke and and matches which no one used matches ex- maybe in the sixties I mean you can't flick a fucking bick you know I mean uh, whatever so she's fumbling with these f- matches and everything and we see this hideous looking fellow uh, that's watching her from the shadows and I kept looking it. It looks like they took the standard vampire makeup and they kind of, like, they applied it to this guy and then they kind of just fucked it up in certain spots. Because I, th- I kept trying to figure out at first, I was like, is he supposed to be a vamp or just randomly ugly? I, I-, I don't know. So we see this guy and he um, he's watching her and he, uh, all of a sudden... <laughs> All of a sudden, this dude just says, he just comes like barreling towards her all of a sudden, and he goes, lucky 19. And he just gives her this human, this re- just, just ridiculous, like, fucking karate chop. Just like, Wah! and And she's like, Wah! and she falls down on, you know, on the concrete. And then he continues to lift, because, at least to me, well, well, I couldn't we should, tell. We should say, he's got, he's got, a huge deformed club arm. Yes, but I could not tell that, in, at least in the version I was watching. It was so dark down there in that basement 
that I couldn't, I just, I was like, why is he just using one arm? And he's just like, he's like karate chopping her over and over while she's on the ground. And she's screaming bloody murder. And he's just like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then as he's beating her to death, I guess, that cuts to a poster that says, smoking kills. Mm -hmm. And we go to a commercial or what would have been a commercial. But Which, yeah, so you could see the in that scene, you could see yeah. the the big. I couldn't see it. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, and I had forgotten. It's been years since I've seen this episode. Um, yeah, the smoking kill sign. I was I I have in my notes that that totally would have been a Freddy Krueger quip. Yeah, like smoking kills, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> I don't know. I just I found. So many things about that scene to be just <laughs> terrible. But, but uh, then we, we cut to immediately when, when we come back from what would have been a commercial. We're at the hospital. And Buffy and Giles have already, you know, discovered all of this that's happened. And they're there at the hospital to see this girl who was stumped half to death. <laughs> um, and she does look pretty fucking banged up. And uh, she basically looks like Rocky after the first Rocky movie when he fought Apollo. Like she's fucked up, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she looks pretty, pretty bad. And of course, so they, you know, their Giles has got like some get well soon flowers or whatever, and um, they're kind of questioning her, but they're they're doing it calmly and you know not trying to rile her or anything. And uh, we also uh, throw in real quick. This is where we find out that this young lady's name is Laura. Yes, yes. Her name's Laura. <clears throat> and uh, she says she's never seen anything like it. And Buffy's like, or no, Giles is like, it? Well, can you describe it? And it's like she can. You can tell that she can see it in her in her mind's eye, but she just can't bring herself to to talk about it, to make it, to give it, you know, realism. So, And they're like, and Buffy can tell that. And she's like, it's okay, you know. That's fine. Just rest for now. And if you do remember later, then, you know, you can tell us, even if it seems weird, you know. And so they, the nurse comes in, and <laughs> she comes in and walks through the frame and then off camera, and there's some bad ADR thrown in here where, like, some, where she's like, she needs to have a rest now. <laughs> and it's it's just horribly ADR'd in. And they're like, they were already leaving anyway, so that's utterly pointless to have that line in there. So they go to leave, and as right as they reach the door, the girl says, Lucky 19. And they turn around, and they're like, what? And she says, it's what he said right before. That's weird, right? And Giles is like, yeah, that's pretty fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> and they leave. So uh, would you like to take it from here? I can, yeah. Go for it. So they're, they're uh, out in the hall now, and Giles sees her doctor, and... He asks if, you know, she's going to be okay. And the doctor says she'll recover. She's got a couple of shattered bones and some internal bleeding. But I was like, and some internal bleeding? Like, that's a serious <laughs> yeah. fucking thing. Like, shouldn't she be in ICU if she has internal bleeding? I mean, uh, I'm no doctor, but, but fuck. But Doc McStuffins here says she got off pretty easy. Yeah, she got off pretty easy just with some shattered bones and some internal bleeding. Oh, and the arm that he ripped off of her and beat her with. <laughs> and uh, 
Which is funny because that's Buffy and Giles' exact same reaction. They're like, hey, "What? have you looked up what that fucking word means? Because right. that, that doesn't seem like it's it. And uh, the doctor's like, well, the first one's still in a coma. And they stop by another room. And Buffy's all like, first what? And the doctor says, first victim. And they look into the room and there's a little boy laying in a hospital bed. And... Uh, and how she doesn't immediately put this together. Because me, I, having not seen this episode in 700 years, and I saw it, I immediately was like, oh, yeah, it's him. It's a, He's in the school. Well, he's actually in a coma. Yeah, okay, he's making our nightmares come true. Right. Kill this little fucker. <laughs> uh, I think the in-episode explanation for it is probably because uh, the kids stopped facing the window. Plus, we have, like at this point, like another 32 minutes to right. fill. So. Right. Right. Um, the doctor says they found him a week ago. Same MO as Laura. What they should have done was had him wrapped from head to toe in bandages, <laughs> like those old school, like broken, sh- in the, you know, like, and then yeah. you couldn't tell who he was. That would have been hilarious. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, uh, yeah. The doctor says the same MO as Laura, only he's in worse shape. And if he doesn't wake up soon and he trails off and he's like, somebody's got to stop this guy. And Buffy says, somebody will. And we cut back to the school, and there's this... Oh, I love this scene. I I want to marry this scene. It's so bad. There's, we cut to the school in the hallway, and there's these three 1950s... Dudes. I called them Reeser, dudes. Reeser-looking motherfuckers. Like, Straight out of Greece. They, yeah, they... Looked like they just came from auditioning to be T-Birds mm-hmm. on Broadway. They all have on matching uh, leather jackets. leather biker jackets. Yeah. And like, sunglasses, and they're inside school. Yeah. And the, the leader is all like, if he wants to fight, then I'm taking him down. I'm not backing off of this. It's about honor. I'll break his neck. And we got to Xander and Willow coming down the hall towards Willow's locker. And Willow's all like, you know, all I'm saying is Wendell had a dream. And then that same thing happened. And Xander's like, you know, I get that. But, you know, what about Laura? And Willow's like, maybe she, she dreamed, dreamed about, about getting, getting beat beaten up. up. <laughs> that was the Who best dreams? line. Who dreams about that? Maybe what? she, and she says it just so flatly and nonchalantly while she's putting her book in her locker. She's like, well, just maybe she had a dream about getting beaten up. Right. And I'm like, well, yeah, because every, everybody has those dreams. Right. What? Um, so uh, at that point, <laughs> this older lady <laughs> who, who again is like uh, straight out of like hairspray. Yes. Yeah. She's like, like the quintessential Italian, like Italian mom. mom. Yeah. Right. Which I thought was a weird juxtaposition against like the '50s greaser type, yeah, yeah. punk kid. As, well, it's obviously going... he's obviously Travolta, and then this is Travolta's Italian mudda coming in. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but uh, so, suddenly appears in the hall, and uh, she runs up to this punk kid, and she's all like, "Oh, there's my little baby." How's my little pookie, cute little rascal, yada, yada. Pinching and he's his all cheeks. Like, and... Right. And he's all like, 
you know, mom, what are you doing here? Don't kiss me in front of the guys. It's embarrassing. And uh, Willow and Xander looking on, you know, little amused smirks on their faces. And they head off to their next class. And uh, Xander's like, you know, it could all be a coincidence. Wendell's finds a spider's nest and we all wig because he dreamt about spiders. It may not be connected. And they enter the classroom and everyone starts laughing. And uh, we see Willow. She looks confused and she turns around to look at Xander. And that's when we see that Xander is now standing there, having gone from being fully clothed to being in nothing but his boxer shorts. Yeah, and Willow should have immediately said, fuck, see, fucking there. I, it just proved... Right. You you walked in this room and you had clothes on. Now you don't. My theory's correct. Let's let Buffy know. You know, end of end right. of episode. But and instead, she's uh, like shocked, like, oh, right, Xander. But also, but but also, she yeah, she's shocked, like, oh, but also a little, oh, yeah. Also, she's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Xander. <laughs> um, so. She's all like, what happened here? And he's all like, I don't know. I was dressed a minute ago. And he's like, it's got to be a dream. And he starts pinching himself and telling himself to wake up. And he suddenly realizes he's not dreaming. And he runs out of the room screaming, Willow in hot pursuit. And is it just and me or does it look like his boxer shorts are too small? They probably are. Like the, like they weren't his. Like they're literally wardrobe boxer shorts. They probably are. I'm like, why didn't you just, why didn't you just have him strip down to his own... I don't know, maybe he's a tidy whitey guy, and they were like, oh, you can't wear tidy whiteys. Right. Or uh, maybe his own boxers weren't uh, small enough. Or enough. maybe they had skid marks. Listen, let's just go on record saying right now that obviously putting Nicholas Brendan in his underwear in this episode proves that that uh, there there was no sexism on this set. Oh, not at all. Not they, at all. They were yeah. willing. They were all they were equally molested to, on this show. Right. They were willing to exploit the males yep. as well as the females. Yep. Old or young, we, man or woman. We got, we got we the will exploit the you. shirt boob shot of yep. Sarah Michelle at the yep. beginning. And now we've got Xander standing there in his too small underwear. Yep. So let's not claim any inequality here, people. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I'm going to let you take this scene because I believe you have a clip to play for us. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. Uh, so, you know, this is after uh, Xander has gone running out with Willow following him. And we go to the library with Giles. And he's got like a million newspapers spread out all over this table. And he's pouring over them. But I don't know. It just He's not acting right. And, he's, and he, you hear him say, this can't be happening. And Buffy comes in and she's like, hey, did you find anything? And he's like, I don't know. And she's like, what do you mean you don't know? And he, you don't know that if you did or didn't find anything? And he's like, I can't read. And she goes, what the fuck do you mean you can't read? You can read like three languages. And he goes, well, five, actually. He says, but no, nothing on here is making sense. It's none of these words. It's all gibberish. And he just slams the paper down. And Buffy picks it right back up and looks at it. And there is a photo of this little boy who we've been seeing in the school. And it says, Billy Palmer, 12, in coma. And he also is wearing a baseball jersey, 
with a bat over his shoulder, and he's he's got the number 19 on his jersey. And uh, let's play the clip here, and we'll get a little bit more info on uh, Mr. Billy Boy. That's him. Who? Kid I've been seeing around school. 12-year-old Billy Palmer was found beaten and unconscious after his kitty league game Saturday. Doctors describe his condition as critical. When was this published? Last week. He says he's in a coma and intensive care. This is the boy from the hospital. The first victim? You, you've seen him around the school? Yeah, first when the spiders got Wendell, and, and then when I did nothing on the history test. I thought it was weird seeing this kid around, but I forgot about it. The boy's been in a coma for a week. How could this be possible? What, am I knowledge girl now? Explanations are your terrain. <coughs> well, um, there's astral projection, uh, the theory that while one sleeps, one has another body, an, an astral body, which can travel through time and space. Billy's in a coma. That's like sleep, right? manner of speaking, although one doesn't always awake from a coma. Could I be seeing Billy's asteroid body? <laughs> I don't know. As usual, one doesn't have a, an inordinate amount of information to work with. Lucky 19. Should she indeed be seeing his asteroid body? <laughs> um. I, I, when I was re-watching the episode for this, I, I, I literally laughed out loud when oh, she yeah. was like, could I be seeing his asteroid body? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, "This is this is why I love this show." Yep, exactly. Um, but so right when she says, when she notices the number on his jersey, and she kind of connects it to the lucky nineteen thing that, that Laura had told them about earlier, the door to the library opens, and um, a guy walks in. He's there. You are. Why aren't you in class? What are you doing in here? Well, it's Buff's dad, and she's like. You know, kind of like, what are you doing here? You're supposed to pick me up after school. And he's like, well, I need, I need to speak to you privately, you know, if you don't mind. And she's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And he seems quite happy and jovial. And she introduces him to Giles. This is Mr. Giles. This is my dad, Hank Summers. And um, they do their, their uh, introductions. And uh, she and her Faja uh, leave the library and uh, to go out to speak privately. This is my Faja, Hank Shamash. This is my Faja, Hank Shamash. <laughs> Take it from there, uh, James. All right. Uh, so, Giles, they leave the library. Giles tries reading the papers again, and we cut outside, and uh, Hank and Buffy are, are walking as they talk, and he's like, you know, I came early because there's something I've I've needed to tell you. Uh, about your mother and me and why we split up and she's like well you always told me it was because and he's like i know we always said it was because we'd just grown too far apart then he says but what it really was is mowage (laughs) (laughs) sorry go ahead (laughs) Um, and she's like well she's like yeah isn't that true and he's like you know what let's sit down they sit down and he lets out a deep exhale and like you're old enough to know the truth and she's like were you fucking around (laughs) but she does say that just not in those words but not in those words not not was mom fucking around she just immediately goes to to what were you fucking around bro right he's like no no your mother was He's right. He's like, no, Buffy, your mom was a straight up whore. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> he, 
And Hank's like, <laughs> Hank's like, no, it was nothing like that. And she's all like, well, what then? And this broke me, dude. Like, I, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I got a little, like, like I, like that broke me in a good way. Like I felt legitimately bad yeah. for for Buffy. Like this man looks her dead in her 16 year old eyes, and he says it was you. And she's like, huh? So how about that? What's that? Right. And like Buffy immediately like. Kudos to Sarah Michelle. Oh yeah, she's. I bought this. Oh fuck yeah, she's always been a dude. She's a. She is a hell of an actress. I bought like she has because if it was just based on his acting and his delivery, like I did not buy this at all. Right. Like I was like, this seems so. He's uh, getting enjoyment out of this. Yeah, this seems too robotic, like or or, a masochistic, you know. And right, I was like, right, I'm yeah. not buying, but man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say ro- like in my opinion, not robotic, but he's def like he's getting a level of enjoyment out of this that that uh, you would have to be uh, as a father, you would have to be just a complete. You'd have to be a serial like, killer. Yeah, to I to mean, talk up. to your child like this and yeah. get enjoyment out of it. But and, she definitely sells it. I mean, a hundred percent. And. He says, having you, raising you, seeing you every day. I mean, do you have any idea what that's like? And she's like lips quivering, tears in her eyes. And he's like, gosh, you don't even see what's right in front of your face, do you? Well, big surprise there. All you ever think about is yourself. You get in trouble. You embarrass us with all the crazy stunts you pull. And do I have to go on? And she says, no, please don't. And he says, but he goes on anyway, but he goes on anyway. And he says, you're sullen and rude and you're not nearly as bright as I thought you were going to be. Right. I've been like, I would have immediately been like, wait a minute, motherfucker. How (laughs) smart are you? (laughs) You know, let's have a fucking IQ test prick. And because he doesn't, he doesn't come across as the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm just saying. Right. And he says, you know, let's be honest. Could you stand to live in the same house with a daughter like that? And there's tears rolling down her cheek. And she's, why are you saying all these things? And he's like, because they're true. And I think that's the least we owe one another. And full on waterworks now from Buffy, of course. Yeah. And he's all like, I don't think it's very mature getting blubbery when I'm just trying to be honest. (laughs) And he's like, speaking of which, I don't really get anything out of these weekends with you. So what do you say we just don't do them anymore? And he leans over and pats her on the leg. And she's just like staring at him in full on shock. And he's like, I sure thought you'd turn out differently. And he gets up and leaves. Just very nonchalantly. Like, like he just told her, hey, I'll pick you up in 20 minutes. I mean, he's just like whistling, chewing gum, hands in his pockets, dancing. I'm just like, whoa. And, um. She can't do anything but just sit there and watch him leave. Like, she's and, literally going through every single emotion all at one time. Like, she's fucking wrecked. And, uh, again, kudos to Sarah Michelle Geller. Like, yeah. she's got very little dialogue in this scene, and she sells it oh, yeah. 110%. She is I, the, she is the my scene, heart, yeah. Yeah, my heart broke for Buffy in yeah. this scene. Um, like, I would have been walked- totally okay if she had, like, Slayer punched him right through the face and like pulled his brain out yeah that would have been cool 
Hank walks past the school and and we see Billy is standing there looking at Buffy and she looks up and sees him and Billy turns and leaves and Buffy uh, we cut with uh, Buffy clearly fighting back tears as we cut to the library and uh, did you want to take this or you want me to keep going? No, go ahead. And we cut to the library and Willow and Xander come in and Xander's pulling on his gym shirt. And he's all like, where's Buffy? And Giles tells them that she stepped out because her dad came by early and needed to talk with her. And where's your other clothes? And I'm thinking, Xander's, wait a minute, with everything that's happened in this episode, you're telling me he Giles kept track of what Xander had been wearing previously <laughs> and, and is concerned with why he's changed his clothes. I don't know. It just seems so. Right. Um, and Xander says he wish he had the answer to that question. And Willow says, you know, Xander found himself in front of class, not wearing anything except his underwear. And, and then she's like, too yeah. bad for that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. She's giggly and she's like, yeah, it was really. Then Xander shoots her look and she's like, bad. It was a bad thing. Yeah. And, uh, um, they go on uh, back and forth about that. Um, and finally Xander's like, it was a total nightmare. And Willow's like, comes to realization. She's like, yeah, it's your nightmare. And she's like, just like what happened to Wendell, the thing with the spiders. And uh, Giles is like, well, I dreamt I got lost in the stacks and that I couldn't read. And then he's like, of course. And Xander's like, uh, our dreams are coming true. And Giles says, dreams, that would be a musical comedy version of this. Hint, Foreshadowing. Hint, hint. <laughs> um, he's like, he's like, no, our nightmares are coming true. And Willow's like, well, why is this happening? And Giles says, Billy. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Xander, Xander's like, well, that explanation was shorter than usual. And he looks at Willie and he goes, it's Billy. And then he looks at Giles and he's like, who's Billy? Who the fuck is Billy? <laughs> and Giles gives him the rundown about who Billy is and how he thinks he's somehow crossed over from the nightmare world he's trapped in. Um, he's bringing the nightmare world with him and Willow's, you know, you know, how can he do that? And Giles is all like, well, you know, things like that are easy when you live on a hell mouth. And uh, Xander's, you know, like, we have to stop it. And Giles is like, yeah, or soon or otherwise, everyone in Sunnydale is going to be facing their worst nightmares. And then we cut to Cordelia, who has just opened her locker. And, of course, because she's Cordelia, she has a big mirror on the inside of her locker. And she looks in it, and she's got some crazy-ass hair like big, frizzy, unkempt, fucked it's up all, hair. Yeah, it's all frizzed and teased out. Yeah, it's, it's like it yeah. looks like she's been sleeping for a month and 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 that hasn't done anything to her hair. So she's freaking. She grabs her comb and she's trying to comb it and the teeth break off the comb and she's like, How is this, you know, how is this even possible? I was I was just at the salon. <laughs> um and then we cut to uh Buffy who's walking around outside, you know, still after her father had just wrecked her. And she sees Billy, and he walks into a door that's that's obviously leading into the gymnasium. So she decides to follow. And she walks inside, and 
Billy's sitting on the bleachers, and Buffy walks up to him, and she says, Billy? Billy Palmer? And he's like, basically like, yeah, that's me. And she's like, why are you here? You know, and she's like, did something bad happen to you after your game? And he's like, I don't remember. And she's like, do you remember playing baseball? And, you know, that's obviously something he enjoyed because he smiles a little bit and says, yeah. And Buffy says, are you lucky 19? And he says, that's what he calls me. And she says, who? He says, the ugly man. He wants to kill me. And he hurt that girl. And all of a sudden he goes, he's here. And Buffy turns around and kablow gets clubbed by club arm boy and commercial. And when we come back, he's clubbing away at her with his big, it looks so, I have to just say, it looks dumb. It (laughs) looks like they took like a piece of wood and gnarled it all up and then hollowed it out. And the guy stuck his, his real hand inside of it. And he's just like, and he's like really clumsy with it and slow but of course it's enough to wreck Buffy he's basically just kicking her ass hitting her knocking her all over the place and uh so basically she she's limping fucked up at this point and this was not a karate fight no there was no there was just a lot of (laughs) like Captain Caveman type shit and she uh basically grabs uh, Billy and they bail like they just leave that motherfucker out of the gymnasium. They go outside. Like, deuces. Yep, deuces. Um, and she puts a, I guess it's that's a field hockey stick. I'm not real familiar, but she she sticks that uh, through the door handles so that he can't uh, at least immediately get after them. And they uh, skedaddle. And uh, then we see Giles and. Uh, Xander and Willow leaving the library and uh, he says that Buffy doesn't know, you know, this is happening and given the types of things she might, that she might dream about, it's imperative that we find her like ASAP and Xander's like, yeah, um, it'd be faster if we split up. So he goes one way, uh, Giles goes the other way and Willow's just standing there and she goes, yeah, faster maybe, but not safer. And uh, she's all alone. And go ahead, James. Uh, so we're back uh, outside the gym after Buffy's slid that hockey stick through the door handle. And um, Buffy yells for Billy and Billy says, you know, says, I'm sorry, I can't help it. And Buffy asks who it is, who that is. And Billy says he's the ugly man. And Buffy tells Billy he's too strong and she can't fight him. And they have to find her friends because they can help uh, help. And I'm like, really, can they? <laughs> right. I Now, I can't um, defeat him being the Slayer, a superpowered being, but if we find my three normal friends, we can wreck him. Right. Um, and Billy says we have to hide, and Buffy says you know, he'll find us, and Billy says, yeah, but we have to hide. That's how it happens. We hide, and then he comes, and they go off to find uh, Giles, Willow, and Xander. And at this point, I'm immediately thinking, okay, the ugly man is a representation of this little boy's drunken, abusive stepfather. That's where I'm at at this point. Um, I wasn't into it enough to care. Oh, okay. All right, then. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Uh, uh, We cut uh, back inside a Sunnydale High hall, and uh, Will is coming down the stairs and sees a commotion down the hall, and we see Cordy being dragged by some nerds into a into a classroom, and she's yelling, "What? No! What are you doing? No! You don't understand! I don't want to go!" 
I'm not even on the chess team. I swear I'm not. And she is in uh, full full nerd regalia. She's yeah. dressed like a nerd. She the, the hair she had earlier, that's like nerd hair and yeah, so she's 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 fully that's her worst nightmare obviously is being a nerd. And Willow smiles at it, at what she's seeing and then she hears her name being called from the door to the basement. And it sounded and to me like Buffy's mother. That's the voice that it sounded like to me, and I kept thinking, okay, odd choice, if that was the case. Um, So Willow heads into the basement, and the voice calls to her again, and Willow's like, Buffy? And she starts to head down the stairs and calls out for Buffy again, and she reaches the bottom of the steps, and she's looking around, and she's like, I'm not afraid. You'd think I'm afraid, but I'm not. And she keeps going further into the basement and looks around and suddenly a hand grabs her on the shoulder and pulls her away as she screams. And we cut to another hallway and we see Xander come through a door and we see that the hall's been vandalized and there's swastikas spray painted and the lights are flickering and he sees a chocolate bar on the floor and like he gets excited and picks it up and tears it open and starts to eat it he looks around and sees another one and walks over and picks it up and opens it and starts to eat it. And we cut outside and we see Buffy and Billy come out of a door and she's confused and she's like, I was positive this led to the library. And Billy looks over at some students playing on the other side of the fence and and uh, he looks kind of distraught by it. And he's like, Buffy says, they're just playing. What's wrong? And he's like, baseball when you lose it's bad and Buffy says did you lose your game last week and he says he nods and says it was his fault and she asks him why and he says I missed a ball and I should have caught it she says you missed one ball and the whole game was your fault were you the only one playing there wasn't eight other people on your team and Billy said he said it was my fault and Buffy asks him who did he hurt you after the game And she says, and he asks if they can just go find her friends. She says, okay. And uh, um, the ugly man comes in and punches a student out. Yeah, I love that. That You just hear the sound of it. It's like, (laughs) ooh. (laughs) And uh, Buffy's like, bad idea. Let's go this way. And she pushes Billy ahead of her through some bushes and when they get onto the other side, they're in a cemetery and it's night. And Buffy's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Billy's like, is this where your friends are? And she's like, uh, no. And here, this is at the point where, to in my mind, I was like, I bet it was uh, his, his baseball coach that okay. beat the shit out of him. Okay. Um, <clears throat> But I, I can definitely see where you're coming from. I've I've attended youth league sports games in the past, and those parents are fucking brutal. I've been in youth league sports teams in the past, and um, well, yeah. those coaches are fucking douchebags too. So yeah, I yeah, yeah I played I played youth league baseball for a few years, so and yeah. it was anyway. Uh, we cut back to the basement and. There's a, a stage manager slash director pulling Willow through a door to a dressing room, and she's dressed in a green kimono, and the uh, 
stage managers like I, I thought you weren't going to show Aldo's beside himself and he adjusts her kimono and Willow can hear the the announcer make his announcements on the stage and he's all like you know ladies and gentlemen we're proud to present two of the world's greatest singers and the audience is applauding and the stage manager pushes Willow onto the audio onto the stage but still behind the curtain and he's like I hope you're warmed up it's an ugly crowd out there all the reviewers are here and the MC is like all the way from Firenze Italy the one and only Aldo Gianfranco and all the way from Sunnydale California the world's finest soprano Willow Rosenberg and Willow sees Aldo on the stage through the curtain he's dressed in a tuxedo and she backs up and bumps into the stage manager and she's like I didn't learn the words and he gives her a shove and she stumbles through the curtain and bumps into Aldo and he gives her a you know disappointed look and she's clearly terrified and the applause stops and the spotlights on on Aldo and he begins to sing and uh, he's not that good either by the way the the spotlight moves to Willow and she doesn't do anything and the spotlight moves back to him and uh, he starts to sing again and uh, he finishes and uh, uh, gives her an annoyed look and she's like my turn and he's like "Mm mm-hmm and she turns to the crowd and opens her mouth and lets out a high-pitched squeak and you can hear the audience start to murmur and and whatnot and Aldo's clearly disgusted and turns away Uh, we cut to the halls uh, with Xander again he pushes through some plastic and his hands are now full of chocolate bars they're all opened they're all open and he's taking bites out of all he's become Hansel and he spots another one on the floor and he's like oh a chocolate hurricane these are the best I haven't had one of these since my and he starts to hear a giggling coming toward him and he looks around and he's like sixth birthday and he sees a shadow come up behind one of the sheets of plastic and a clown suddenly bursts through and he screams in abject horror and uh, falls as he's trying to get away and somersaults backward into the next hall and starts to crawl away fast though i should mention the clown is of course carrying a a knife and it has the um, most annoying laugh. Yeah. That just keeps going over and over and over. Um, so we cut back to the cemetery and Buffy's walking and looking around. I'll, let me let me grab this scene because I've got the clip Oh, for that's it. right. You've got a clip. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. So as he said, we're in the cemetery. They're walking around and Buffy says she doesn't see the ugly man, the sun, or the rest of the world. And uh, Billy walks up to a freshly dug grave and looks down in it, and he's like, I wonder who died. Now, I found it interesting that not only was it a, a freshly dug grave, there was already a coffin down there open. Because, you know, when someone dies, they dig the grave, they put the coffin down in there and open it, and then they just toss the body into it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> right. That's so exactly how it works. I found that somewhat interesting. And anyway, Billy says, I wonder who died. And the master's there, and he says, Nobody died. What's the fun of burying someone if they're already dead? You. So, this is the Slayer. You're prettier than the last one. This isn't real. 
You can't be free. You still don't understand, do you? I am free because you fear it. Because you fear it, the world is crumbling. Your nightmares are made flesh. You have little Billy to thank for that. Oh, you bastard, Billy. <laughs> so then he uh, comes over and he, long story short, he grabs her by the throat and throws her ass into the coffin down in the ground. The lid slams shut and he starts burying her alive. And she is freaking the fuck out because, spoiler alert, Sarah Michelle Geller was freaking the fuck out during this scene. We'll get to that in the behind-the-scenes, Jeremy. Yes. Well, I just wanted to throw a little bit of... <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> and then we come... Uh, Willow comes running out of a door and runs right into Xander. And she's clearly traumatized, and so is she's, he. She's, she's also being pelted with tomatoes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and Because uh, everyone takes fresh produce to the opera. Of course. When you go to the opera, don't you take fresh produce? Uh, I've been to the opera three times. I have never taken fresh produce. <laughs> well, you're so not. That you, might you're not doing thing. it right. Okay. I might be doing it wrong. Yes, you're doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> so Xander grabs her by the arm, and they kind of head away. And he's like, "You remember my sixth birth, my sixth birthday?" And she laughs, and she's like, "Oh yeah, when the when the clown chased you, and you were got so scared that." And then she's like, "Oh shit." And they turn around, and the clown shows up, and he's got the knife. And they spin, and they start to bail, and pow, they run smack dab into Giles. And he looks and sees the fucking clown with the knife, and they all scream, and then they all three start running. <laughs> and uh, uh, they're, uh, uh, Xander's, they're running, and eventually Xander's like, you know, fuck this. And he stops, and he turns around, and he slowly walks back up to the clown and just... KOs this fucker, just knocks like, him the fuck out. Cold cocks him yes. right in his rubber, red rubber fucking nose. Yeah, say that again three more times. Cold cold cocks him right in his red rubber fucking nose. Okay. Cold cocks him right in his red uh -huh. rubber fucking nose. Uh -huh. Cold cocks him right in his red rubber fucking nose. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. Didn't think I could do it, did you? All right, <laughs> good job. So, uh, um, challenge me. <laughs> yeah, he's K the fuck owed. And he was like, you were the fucking, you were a lousy clown anyway. Everybody can make balloon animal giraffes. <laughs> so uh, they, they, come out, they come outside of the school. They, they come through a door, and it leads them outside of school. And, like, it's just fucking chaos. I mean, the school looks all vandalized and fucked up, and you hear sirens everywhere and yelling and screaming, and it's just it's chaos out there. Obviously, everybody's... Nightmares are coming true at once. Um, so Giles says, you know, things are getting worse. In a few hours, all of reality will fall into the realm of nightmares. And Will is like, well, what do we do? And he's like, the only thing I can think is we, we have to try to wake Billy. If we wake Billy, you know, then, then all this will stop. And they're like, well, we can't go without Buffy. They all agree on that. But, that you know, who knows where she is? And then Willow looks over kind of across the street from the school and says, um, when was there a cemetery across the street from the school? And there's this horribly CGI'd portal-looking thing that is there, and on the other side of it is a cemetery, and it's nighttime. And it's, oh, God, it's bad. It's Meanwhile, so bad. Before, the, 
before they cut to the bad CGI portal to mm-hmm. the cemetery, I mm-hmm. was like, realistically, it, it could have been at any point that they put the cemetery there. There's so many cemeteries. Yeah, they could have just said, there's a fucking cemetery over there. It's Sunnydale, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Everybody dies, and no one lives past 35 in Sunnydale. <laughs> so uh, uh, so they, they head on over, and uh, they're just like, whose nightmare is this? And they walk a little further, and you see a headstone for Buffy, Buffy Summers. And Giles says, it's my nightmare. And he kneels down, and he's basically lamenting how he failed her and, you know, should have spent more time training her, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And he says, I'm sorry. And he puts his hand on the freshly uh, turned dirt, and all of a sudden a hand shoots out and grabs his. And he's like, off the fuck? And he's jumping back and pulls out and it's Buffy and they're like Buffy and she's you know brushing herself off and when she looks up at him she's a vamp the Buffy. fuck Buffy the vamp <laughs> right and um she's basically like she spins around and covers herself you know she doesn't want to be seen don't look at me you know um and he Giles walks up behind her and says you never told me you you dreamt of you know becoming a nightmare or becoming a nightmare becoming a vampire and uh He's, he's trying to explain to her there's a chance that they can make this all go away. they got to wake up Billy, but they have to do it now. And he's like, you know, can you hold it together long enough to help us? And she turns around and she says, yeah, I think I can, but we better hurry because I'm getting hungry. And she walks away and Xander walks behind her and he's like, that's, that's a joke, right? <laughs> and uh, Willow asks Giles, like, she's like, are you sure this will work? And he says, yes. And she's like, well, what if we can't wake him up? And he says, Willow, do shut up. (laughs) And uh, so they follow on behind. And um, they get to the hospital. And much like outside the school, all hell has broken loose in the hospital. There's people running up and down the halls, nurses, doctors, patients. They're all losing their fucking minds. They run up to Billy's, the door to Billy's room and his that doctor's there and he's like my hands my hands and they're all fucked up and that must be his worst nightmare and he just kind of wanders off um so they go on inside and <laughs> this scene this killed me giles plan to wake up billy was to run over and scream in his face his name <laughs> repeatedly because when you know when a person's in a coma that's pretty much the medically accepted way of waking them up and uh, so he just keeps yelling in his, his fucking face, like, Billy, Billy. Well, Astral projected Billy is standing there, and he's like, that's not going to work. And he and Giles looks at that Billy and says, you know, you've got to wake up. And he says, no, I, I told her I have to hide. And, you know, why? From what? And he goes, him. And ugly man is coming down the hallway, headed their way. And they're all like, what do we do? And Buffy takes off her jacket and says, I think I know. About that time, Willow looks out the window. And oh boy, do we see some more horrible, horrible CGI as there are gigantic bees buzzing around um, everywhere there in in town. Uh, I believe they were wasps. Oh, pardon me, sir. Are you sure they weren't hornets? I'm pretty sure they were wasps. Okay. Um, and Willow says, well, it better be soon. And I'll, let me just go ahead and take this, this scene. Uh, it's up to you if you want to. Yeah. All right. I can. Doesn't... Go, go for it. So we, 
cut back into the hall and the ugly man's making his way toward Buffy and she's all like, glad you showed up. Uh, you know, I'm having a really bad day. And he yells, lucky 19. And she's like, ooh, scary. And she's like, I'll tell you something, though. There are a lot scarier things than you, and I'm one of them. And the ugly man stops in his tracks and gives her a look, and she vamp roars and runs to attack. And they engage in fisticuffs, and uh, that goes on for a while. And karate fight. It's, it is definitely not a fucking karate fight. She's doing karate. She's fucking spin kicking and fucking... But he's not doing No, karate. he's just throwing his... his his wooden arm stump around, but yeah, right. it is not a karate fight. This it's a one-sided karate fight. <laughs> um, and, uh, so they end up in Billy's room and, um, uh, uh, Buffy ends up, uh, beating the ugly man. And Billy asks if he's dead and Buffy tells Billy to come here. And Billy says he doesn't want to. And she's like, you have to do the rest. And Billy, astral projection Billy, we should say, comes over to the ugly man and Willow asks what they're doing and Giles gestures for her to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, Xander's all like, I get it. And I was like, do you though? Yeah, Xander? do you? Because I really don't. Do you? And I've been watching and, this whole episode. And, uh, and then Buffy what he takes, proceeds to do, I go, yep, that's not what I was thinking. And Buffy takes Billy by the hand and he looks at her and she says to him, no more hiding. And he looks down at the ugly man and Buffy lets go of Billy's hand and he reaches for the ugly man's neck and peels back his face and a bright light streams from it. It was like fucking it. Yeah. It was like when they, I was like, he just peeled his face off. The of what it. the fuck? And the deadlights stream right out of his fucking face into everyone's and, eyes and none of them lose their minds. And, Everything goes back to normal. The ugly man's gone. Buffy's himself, herself again. Xander and Willow are in their regular clothes they were wearing before everything went down. And the hospital's a functioning hospital again. And Buffy smiles and touches her face. And Buffy or Willow sighs in relief as Billy wakes up. And Xander's all like, he's waking up. And they gather around. And Billy's like, I had the strangest dream. And you were in it, and you, and he's pointing at them, and he's like, who are you people? Totally they all smile, moment. and, and uh, Giles says, let's get the doctor. And As he and Xander are getting ready to leave, Billy's coach comes in, and he's like, oh, Billy's got some company. You know, I'm, I'm his kitty league coach. I come by every day just hoping against hope that he's going to wake up soon. You know, He's my lucky 19, and Giles and Buffy give each other a look, and the coach is like, how is he? Buffy moves to the side to show him that Billy's awake. And she's like, he's awake. Then the coach is like, whoa, 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 <laughs> I was just coming here to finish him off. Fuck. <laughs> and Buffy's like, you blamed him for losing the game. So you caught up with him afterwards, didn't you? The coach is all like, <laughs> I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, so what? <laughs> And Billy sits up and he's like, you said it was my fault that we lost. And the coach realizes he's been found out and he tries to get away. And Xander grabs him by the jacket to stop him. And the coach is all like, and I would have gotten away with it too, if it wasn't for you meddling. No. Yeah. Um, pretty much. <laughs> uh, B 
Billy's like, it wasn't my fault. There's eight other players on the team. You know that. And he's laid, he lays down and Buffy looks at him and she's like, nice going. And they exchange she's like, some smiles. Good going. And then it's like, the more, you know, <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, okay. But uh, they exchange some smiles and we cut back to the school and, by the way, Willow. the coach is life in prison. I mean, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he literally, it. the stumpy arm thing signifies to me that he must have beat him half to death with a baseball bat. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm, that's. that's so, what I, that's, that's definitely life in prison. Oh, yeah. Did he, did, well, okay, yeah, all right. Um, they just glossed over that, you know. Um, so, they're, they're walking outside the school and. Buffy's like, I just can't believe a kiddie league coach would do something like that. And Xander's like, well, you've obviously haven't played kiddie league. I'm surprised it wasn't one of the parents. And I was like, yeah, I'm 100% with you there, Xander. Yeah. Um, just watch a little bit of YouTube and uh, you'll see you'll see what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. And, and they actually don't gloss over it because Willow does say, I'm just glad he's behind bars where he belongs. Yeah, but that type of thing, like Buffy should have mule kicked him out the window of the hospital. I mean, am I right? Yeah. I mean. But that wouldn't that wouldn't play well. <laughs> Would have played well with me. <laughs> um, and Xander, you know, or Buffy tells Xander he was pretty heroic grabbing him. And Xander's like, you know, I just did what anyone would have done if you want to label it heroic and at that point hank summers drives up and honks and gets out of his car and waves and he's like hi and buffy says to willow and xander have a killer weekend guys and takes off after her dad and hank comes up and gives her a hug and he's all like you know it's good to see you and how was your day and she's like you know the usual and Willow looks at Xander and he's she's like, question. And he's like, yeah. And Willow's like, when Buffy was a vampire, you weren't still like attracted to her, were you? And Xander gets all indignant and he's like, Willow, how can you? I mean, that's really bent. She was grotesque. And Willow's like, still dug her, huh? And Xander's like, I'm sick. I need help. And Willow says, don't I know it? And roll credits. That's the end of our show. That's the end. All right, folks. Thanks for joining. Oh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Uh, let's rate this bitch, James. All right. Give it to me. What did rate it? Tell me what you thought. <sighs> this is hard. This one was hard for me. Um, cause I wasn't super into it. I mean, it wasn't the greatest episode in the world. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't the greatest. Um, but there were so many funny fucking little bits in here and some of them unintentional, but they were just fucking funny. And that goddamn Hamlet scene, I mean, fucking Wendell, that kid was going for a fucking Golden Globe or something. And so I'm going to give it a 2.5. Um, Five. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, right in the middle is about where it's at. Um, there wasn't really any... Nothing was done for the lore, really, other than maybe meeting Buffy's father, finally. Um, yeah, the lore just... It wasn't really touched. And, and something that annoyed me to no end was the very first scene of the of the episode with the master spouting off all that gobbledygook to Colin about fear and yada 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 like like he and then that's what the episode is basically based on however he's clearly not the culprit behind it and it just ha happened to happen and then he's not even involved in it whatsoever so I'm like right. 
the fuck that that scene obviously didn't need to even happen, but we're two episodes from the finale for the season, so obviously they were like, we need to get the master some FaceTime here, so let's throw this in there. Right. You know? Yeah, that 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 didn't bother me so much because at the end I just I I viewed it the way like you just said like we're we're ramping up to the season finale and you know we need to we need to bring that that storyline you know back into play somehow even if it's just you know a couple of brief scenes with those characters right so it didn't bother me that much yeah so that was really the only thing that 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 bothered me in the episode everything else was it was all right it was just it was just one of those episodes you know it is what it is what about you, James? How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? Uh, I'm also going to give it a 2.5. Okay. Um, it was, there was nothing uh, overtly wrong with the episode. It wasn't a terrible episode. It was a good episode, in my opinion. Um, like you said, it didn't really add anything to, to the lore, necessarily, um, outside of the idea of astral projection. Yeah, which... That kind of thing, yeah. which... I don't. I don't know that we necessarily ever see that again. Into that again <laughs> yeah. in the next six seasons. Yeah. Um, it's it's not it's not an episode that I think this the season would have suffered without. Um, it's also not an episode that I think is on my list of um, these are the episodes I'm going to show to someone I try to get into the show. Oh no, you know? definitely not. No. Um, but it's not a bad episode. No, um, it, 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 uh, it's just one of those episodes where if it didn't exist, you wouldn't know it. Right. It's a, it's take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, uh, I did, I did like the, even though there was some, you know, uh, uh, uh what do you call it? Um, I don't want to say magic cause it's not magic. Even though there was some supernatural element involved, mm-hmm. um, I do like the idea at the end, at the core that our, our, monster of the week was human yeah Um, and they never i guess well i guess they did i guess the explanation for why he was able to do that was simply because they're on the hell mouth right right so um but at the end of the day i like the idea that our 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 villain was essentially human yeah yeah i think you know i think shows like this benefit sometimes throwing in an episode like that where where your villain isn't a supernatural occurrence or a supernatural being, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that's, that's my overall take on it. So 2.5. All right. Well, let's talk about some goofs, gaffs, deleted scenes, body count. Um, let's, uh, little monsterology. Um, or the one thing I didn't mention. <laughs> you never mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, uh, children, adults of the corn that that result to fantasy as an escape from their terrible realities is it's nothing new it's been the subject of stories probably since the beginning of time um the, the idea of nightmares coming into reality as also you know probably from the beginning of of storytelling um obviously your prime example is going to be a nightmare on Elm street, um, which as I pointed out at the beginning, um, I feel this episode took a lot of cues from, from that, from the original nightmare on Elm street. 
Um, so uh, just that whole idea of um, bringing your nightmares into the real world. Uh, it's uh, like I said, dates back, you know, to the beginning of, of storytelling practically. Yeah. So just a little, little monstrology there. Our body count this week is only, if you even want to count it, uh, Miss Buffy Summers. And I yeah. suppose the ugly, the ugly guy. I wouldn't really, ca- I, I guess guy. you really, I guess you wouldn't count either of them, frankly. I mean, cause neither one of them were in the real. See, like- and there's something else uh, I wanted to kind of touch base on. So I realized that after Billy confronted his fears and woke up, you know, everything went back to normal, but the basis of the problem was that nightmares were becoming reality. Yeah. So to me, that begs the question, did these events take place in a dream world? I say yes. And I'll tell you why. Okay. None of this was reality because Giles said towards the end of the episode there within a couple of hours, if we don't stop this, then all of reality is going to fall into the nightmare world. Right. I don't think they had reached that point yet, especially based on the fact that like everything went back to normal as soon as Billy woke up. But the fact that that had already started. And if you remember in the, in the cemetery scene, when Giles says to Buffy, I never realized you dreamt of becoming a vampire. She then says, this isn't a dream. And Giles says, no, no, it's not. Well, yeah, but so, I think what they're saying is like this isn't. I'm not laying in my bed right now dreaming this, but they are on an a, some a type of astral plane. It's 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 also not reality. So whereas it might not be a dream, it's also not reality. So because I mean, it's just a simple fact that as soon as Billy woke up, poof, everything went back to exactly how it was before. So you know, I don't know. I'm gonna go with uh, you're wrong, and we'll just go. We'll just go. No. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're we're gonna end up agreeing to disagree on this point because yeah. norm- I do, do I do agree to the extent that it hadn't become the permanent reality yet, but I disagree to the extent that the things that were happening were happening in reality. Okay, but were it re- <laughs> were it reality? How the fuck did Buffy become a vampire? That's one of her fears. Right. But so it's, it just, it manifested itself. Oh. The same, the same way. The but same but way. this is supposed to be reality. Right. I win. I win. Everybody out there, write us in and tell us how I won. And James is so wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, we can, you know, there's so many ways to look at it that there is no right or wrong. You know, right. that's the, right. that's usually the hallmark of a good movie, a good episode, whatever is that you know, eight people can see it and eight people can have different, come to different conclusions, you know? Right. So, right. but I'm, I'm mostly more right than you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into some behind the scenes. All right. Uh, Willow's stage fright first hinted at in our previous episode, the puppet show um, gets full blown here. And the scene we see that she hasn't rehe- rehearsed for is a duet from Pacini's Madam Butterfly, where Willow is playing Xiao Xiao San. Mm, yes, yes, that. Mm-hmm. Um, the selection that they're singing is 
the it's a famous duet from the end of Act One as Xiao Xiao San is preparing to spend her wedding night with her new American husband, Pinkerton. Uh, yeah, no one cares. You don't know that. <laughs> you have ball, no idea. Ball no idea. breaking 101. Um, after singing, after singing the line "Ora se tuta mia," Aldo gestures to Willow as though it's her turn to sing. But in the actual piece that they're singing, he would actually have three more lines to sing before it was the soprano's turn. Was that the first the time that he gestured towards her, or the s- yeah? Okay, the first okay. time, the okay. first time when the when the spotlight shine, turns to her. Okay, that that first time, yeah, that. It actually wouldn't have been her turn to sing at that point in the song. So anyone who um, spoke Italian, is that what they were singing in, I assume? Yeah. So anyone I, who spoke I, Italian would have been like, wait, what the fuck? He didn't even finish his shit. <laughs> right. Or anyone that's familiar with, with, with the, the opera. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as you alluded to, at one point, uh, Miss Sarah Michelle Geller um, hated the filming location for this episode because she has a terrible fear of graveyards and being buried alive and being buried alive. Uh, regarding filming this episode, she has said, quote, I have an irrational fear of cemeteries and being buried alive. I told the producer, look, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Through miscommunication, the message never got relayed and it was four in the morning and they basically made me do it. And I was hysterical. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done for my job, ever. Some people find cemeteries a turn-on. Some people like sex in cemeteries. Not me. I cried the whole way home. It was horrible. Wait, who the fuck likes sex? It's really hard to be the vampire slayer if you're scared of cemeteries. Who the fuck? When has that ever been a thing? I'm sure there's people out there that are into it. I'd do it. All right, folks. uh, Thanks for joining us this week. <laughs> That's just weird. A like, insight like, into your co-host, folks. I would totally get busy in a cemetery. Oh, don't bother me none. Oh wow! I don't even think I would get busy in a slightly dirty subway station. Just saying. I mean, let alone a fucking cemetery. But you know, all right. Have you ever gotten? So Let's not discuss those. Getting, yeah, have you ever gotten busy in public, like in outside, a Burger King bathroom? Out, outdoors, outdoors in general. Yes, yes, I have, I have. Okay, what's the difference? Well, one was a park, you're, and what you're talking about is a place where where dead carcasses are buried. One, and, one was a park where you fucked on the ground, and the other one's a park where people are buried, but you're going to fuck on the ground. Except it's not at all a park, even remotely. It, That's why they're not named like Forest Glen Park. It's, it's, a, it's Forest a park. Lawn it's a park where you bury people. Death. It's a park where you bury people. Yeah, oh, my God. Wow. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. It's a park where you bury people. Okay, so any final thoughts? <laughs> uh, where are we? Um, so here's a, here's um nope, nope, nope. Um, Buffy's date of birth, her year, finally mm-hmm. revealed, settled as 1981. Mm-hmm. Um, For this week, at least. Uh, Billy's statement, I had the strangest dream, and you were in it, and you, clearly a reference to Wizard of Oz. Dorothy waking, waking up in The Wizard of Oz. And I found that very strange, a very strange reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at one point in the episode, and we didn't talk about it, 
Um, well, actually, no, that's not important. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, it's 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 more um, theater stuff, and you're right. People probably don't care. No one cares. <laughs> um, let's jump into some goofs. Uh, I've only got two. One, once again, the establishing shot of Sunnydale High is the same one that was used in Teacher's Pet and then reused in the pack where we clearly see Willow visibly uh, uh, sitting on one of the benches. Oh, really? <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I'm going to start watching for that every episode now. Because that's, that's the third fucking time, right? This is the third time. God damn it. Yeah. God damn it, um, Joss Whedon. And the second one is uh, maybe not so much a goof, but I'm curious. How did Vampire Buffy get to the hospital in broad daylight? Well, yeah, that's true because it was only night in the cemetery area in that the they cemetery, were in. So, right. yeah, that's true. Well, maybe right. they just threw a coat over and, you They know. just threw a jacket over. Yeah, they played. They did the spike it. thing, just threw a coat and right. ran. Okay. Uh, our music for this week, uh, no music, just our, uh, once again, for the third episode in a row, just our original score as composed by season one composer Walter Murphy. Yeah, they're not looking to dole out any, any of that sweet, sweet. Uh, royalty music. Royalty music. Royalty, so, yeah. Yeah. So, and that does it for this week's episode. All righty. Well. Any final thoughts, Jeremy? Nope. I'm over it. All right, then. Quite frankly, that episode, I mean, again, didn't hate it. Didn't love it. It just, was better than the puppet show. Oh, oh it, dude. It, it, it was like Schindler's List, you know, compared to the puppet show. I mean, the puppet show was just... I did, I, uh, yeah, it was better than the puppet show. Oh, my God. The puppet show will go down to me, for me, as probably at least one of the top two or three worst episodes in any television series ever. Ever. Yes. That's how much I hated it. So, where can they, where, where can, where can people find us, James, on, on social media? On the socials, people can find us on Facebook, at Slade Podcast. Um, there. You can find a link tree to all of our other socials, which include Twitter, which is at Slade Podcast, and TikTok, which is at Slade Podcast. Uh, if you don't want to reach out to us through our socials on the uh, Facebooks, the Twitters, or the TikToks, feel, feel free to email us at BuffyRevisited at gmail.com. And that's it. That's all of them. Well, all righty then. Well... Uh, as always, we want to thank you for joining us this week. Uh, next week, we will be visiting episode 11, the penultimate episode of the season, Out of Mind, Out of Sight. That should be a good show. So, as always, I have been one of your hosts. I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.